When I first joined Faria about seven and a half years ago, I don't think there were any women on our R&D teams, like the programmers and the QA product managers, etc. Whereas in the last three or four years, we've definitely been seeing a lot more women starting to come in. I know I was sort of personally having my own mini celebrations when we hired our first female developer, female product manager, etc. So we definitely are seeing a shift. So young girls shouldn't think that it's only men. Opening Minds, Opening Doors with EACT, the inspirational education podcast. I'm Michelle Livesey and I'm a journalist with Bauer Media, which owns radio stations across the country, including Absolute, Magic, Kiss, The Greatest Hits and The Hits Network as well. In this episode of Opening Minds, Opening Doors, we're looking at women in STEM which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Maths. And the thing that stands out for me in this episode is two of our guests that we're going to be speaking to talk about their role models and who aspired them to get into that industry. But I think by the end of this episode, you'll realise that they are in their own right role models to the future generation of young people. So let's introduce you to them. We have Mackenzie Murray, who's Senior Vice President of Systems at Farrier Education Group. We've got Sunny Liu, who's a Programme Executive at Rolls-Royce. And we've got Karen Rose, who's Director of People Partnerships and Organisational Development at EACT. First of all, can we start with you, Mackenzie? Tell me a bit about the role that you do and how that came about. Yeah, so as you said, I'm the Senior Vice President of Systems at Fari Education Group. So we are an education technology company. Um, we offer software and other online services um, to international schools around the world. Uh, my role is primarily overseeing what we would call the international side of our business. So that means anywhere outside of the Americas um, and primarily working in the software part of the business. Um, so we offer software systems to schools to help uh, manage things like their curriculum, their admissions and enrollment, activities, etc. Um, and I cover everything across sales, uh, customer success, marketing, product, um, but I also primarily lead uh, one of our products, our admissions and enrollment software. Um, so I sort of um, lead the strategy for product development, manage the, the product team, etc. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> how, did, how did you get into that? career? Um, I actually stumbled into it, I would say. Um, so I was living in Taiwan a few years ago, which is a whole other story, um, and looking for a job. And I, they were at the time rolling out their admissions platform. I happened to have experience working in admissions in my university. So I had some experience with the industry. Um, I was able to land the role. It was just a sales and support associate at the time. And then I kind of worked my way up there to leading our sort of sales and marketing team and then eventually leading the product as well, eventually moved over here. Um, so it wasn't really, I wasn't really coming from a technology background, but I picked it up quite quickly and it's something that I, I really enjoy. Okay, we'll park that there for a second and move on to Sunny. What pathway did you take into your industry? Hi, I'm Sunny Liu, and I work for Rolls-Royce as the program exec. So Rolls-Royce is the company and a leading company in the manufacturing industry or in engineering or service industry. We deliver the power to the world through the aircraft and land and the sea. And so that's Rolls-Royce. And I'm the program exec. So my current role is to lead a transformation program to change the way we do risk control and assurance. Wow. And 
is that something you always intended to go into or did you just find, like Mackenzie, that you worked your way into that direction? Well, very similar to Mackenzie, um, I sort of worked uh, the way to that direction without a, a plan to be there. So I, I was actually a graduate trainee for Rolls-Royce. It is a company I really love to work for and I worked there for many, many years. People quite often say the graduate training from Rolls-Royce seems like having an injection and once you have that injection, you really love the company and work there for, for long. So, and I started from a planning type of the role. And as the manufacturing company, I always felt you really need to know your product. And so, and then I had a golden opportunity to be the production manager and set up the new facility in, in China and sort of the, develop the new supply chain in the company as well. That gave me the opportunity to actually set up the new customer service together with the team in China. And then when I came back from China, I landed with my current role and you know, work in the general counsel team in the corporate, in the head office. And neither of them were sort of the planned many, many years ago. It was just one opportunity arise and I went for it. I can see both of you as you're talking about your roles, you're smiling, you know, you clearly enjoy what you do. What is it that you enjoy about what you do? Um, I think personally, I really enjoy working in the education industry. Um, I like working with schools and feeling like the products that we are offering are really making a difference uh, to students, to teachers and to parents. I also really enjoy working with technology and having the opportunity to be on the cutting edge a little bit with some of the new things. We were you know, previously talking about AI, chat GPT, things like that. So it can be kind of exciting uh, to be involved in some of those um, emerging opportunities that are happening. And what about you, Sonny? People it probably is one of the most elements for myself. I really love working together with people in the STEM sort of the environment. And quite often people say we are very intelligent people, but with lots of the fun. And, and neither of us are very sort of the arrogant, very, very humble. I like that environment to work together with everyone. And everyone actually are having an, a big contribution to the organization to help the society. So as the rules race, actually every single second, every minute, the aircraft that depart, did take off, we have the accountability for those people on the aircraft to make them safe home. So from that perspective, I, I feel we contribute to the society and with our sort of the accountability. I really like to work together with everyone in the company. Has it been an easy process being in that industry in terms of uh, being a female, obviously finding yourself in technology, engineering? Um, how has that been? Has it been welcoming or has it been difficult? Um, there's definitely been challenges, but I feel like Generally, at least at my company, it has been fairly welcoming. When I joined the company, our managing director was actually also a woman, uh, and I took a lot of inspiration from her. Uh, she left a few years ago, but I really saw her as a role model 
And we had some other women in the senior leadership when I first started who I was able to really look up to. I will say over the last couple of years, our senior leadership has, has shifted a bit more male, not through any intention, but just, you know, happens, people leave, et cetera. Um, and so sometimes I have felt a little bit, uh, it has felt a little bit interesting being kind of the only woman in the room occasionally. Uh, but I think it's, it's really important to just, you know, have confidence and know that you're there for a reason, you've earned your place there. And as I said, it's, it's great if you can find other women role models uh, to kind of look up to and, and who can uh, inspire you in your own journey. Did that give you confidence when you knew there was another woman in a position that, like you say, you could look up to and aspire to? It definitely did. Um, I think, you know, it definitely made me feel more comfortable. And her and I are still good friends to this day. And, you know, I think having that kind of relationship and, and that kind of female mentor definitely made a difference for me. What about you, Sonny? Did you, do you find that you're up against any... Um, opposition or does it feel like you're massively welcomed into your industry? Well, um, if I could, if I may, I'd like to sh uh, share some personal story. Um, probably about 10 years ago, I was really keen to be the production manager, like I mentioned earlier, um, but not a native speaker and a female. It was very difficult to become to a production leader 10 years ago. The cell I actually went into and had 40 people on the shop floor, they all male, and they were all sort of the 50 plus. So, but I very quickly accept that that is the fact and the society, oh, I'm working in a male, industry, male dominant industry, but it didn't really scare me. So I was offered the opportunity to be the production leader as the female, not native and baker. But sometimes you just need to be confident and be sort of the be credible. And I actually enjoyed that role the the most through the last ten years, if I'm honest. That earned me lots of the credibility and also other experience in the following ten years. I very much appreciated that opportunity. And also, I feel the society has changed, and my company has also changed as well. You quite often see the female become to the production leader and become to the most, uh, most senior leader position, which is very different to the 10 years sort of the um, time. So we very much emphasize the diversity, inclusion, and equality in this society. And I would encourage all of us just be confident and try what we really like to do. I suppose that's a good point to bring Karen in, isn't it? In terms of the educational side of things, we're, as uh, you know, Sonny said there, we're seeing a bit of a shift maybe of, um, you know, it's not like it was 10 years ago. Girls, women, young people are opening their opportunities up to careers in all different walks of life. Is that something that's heavily focused on in education now? It absolutely is, and I think it's really interesting to hear both of you talk about having to be that little bit braver when perhaps you are the only woman or young, young woman in the room. And we know that that can be a real stigma for young women and girls thinking about careers in STEM. But actually having a role model and being able to look up to someone can be really inspiring. So one of the things we're trying to do at EACT is think about how do we put those opportunities in front of our, all of our young people, but particularly the girls, um, we're working with the James Dyson Foundation, running workshops, and they're bringing female engineers to talk to all of our pupils. 
Um, but we know that that's particularly inspiring for some of the young women who maybe are good at science or maths because they can see someone who's gone on to a career in engineering who's a woman and that kind of opens their minds to the idea that actually that is a career path that I could take even if I might not be, you know, 50% of the people on that course, I can still do that and other people are doing that and I think it's down to people like you kind of forging that pathway and opening uh, those opportunities up to younger women. Um, we also ensure that we run things like triple science. We have an engineering programme in our schools. Uh, we partner with a lot of universities and we're really proactive about making sure that our um, really high achieving uh, young women are thinking about a really wide range of careers and not just perhaps going into the more traditional subjects. I'd be really keen to know from both of you if there was someone at school who inspired you or whether you were particularly interested in science or technology when you were younger. So I actually, I, I went to a math and science high school, um, so I was quite interested in math and science. I, I even did a little bit of computer programming when I was in high school, but it, it wasn't really what I ended up pursuing then in university, but obviously I've kind of fallen back into that. And I think, yeah, I always enjoyed math and science. It just wasn't what I initially pursued uh, kind of out of high school and into university, but then clearly I came back around to it. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily have to decide right away, which I also think is important for young people. I think there's often a lot of pressure when they're in secondary school and kind of choosing their GCSEs and A-levels and what path they're going to go down. You know, you don't have to be certain right now. Um, you know, do your best to find out what's out there. But also, if you go down one path, you can always veer off to another one while you're young. Listening to, obviously, the roles that both of you do, that is there a stigma around STEM? Because, you know, you think of science, technology, engineering, maths, and you're thinking manual labour and getting your hands dirty. But actually listening to the things that both of you do, it's very much leadership. It's very much like people, like hands-on with people. And so there's so many different roles, isn't there? Does that stigma, do you think, get in the way sometimes? I definitely think so. I think particularly with tech, lots of people have the stereotype in their mind of some guy who hasn't showered in a while, you know, sitting at the computer in the dark with his 10 cans of Mountain Dew. And, you know, <laughs> that's something that, you know, a lot of, you know, maybe 14-year-old girls are not really envisioning themselves in that picture. Um, but I think, you know, it is really important to understand that within the tech space, I mean, being a programmer isn't the only option. So, I mean, that's number one. You know, we have product managers, we have QA, we have, um, you know, there's sales, there's customer success, there's marketing. You know, you can easily be involved in the tech industry without actually working uh, on the product itself. Um, I mean, that's kind of, you know, myself, I, I do some product work, but some not. And you know, we have tons of people at our company who really don't do anything particularly technical but they are still involved in sort of the technology space. I also would say we were talking a little bit about, you know, the shift, you know, Sunny mentioned that, you know, she was originally the only woman and now it's more common for there to be more women. I'm definitely seeing that as well over the last couple of years, particularly. So when I first joined Faria about seven and a half years ago, I don't think there were any women on our uh, R&D teams, like the programmers and the QA product managers, et cetera. Whereas in the last three or four years, we've definitely been seeing a lot more women starting to come in. I know I was sort of personally having my own mini celebrations when we hired our first female developer, female product manager, et cetera. So we definitely are seeing a shift. Uh, so young girls shouldn't think that, you know, it's, it's only men and, and their only option is programming for, for technology. 
Amazing. It's exactly the same with Rolls-Royce as well, isn't it? Behind the scenes, it's not all about cars, engines. It's about what you were describing before, what, what you get your job satisfaction from. Yes, exactly. And also, just to add a little bit, um, I actually originally come from China. And in China, traditionally, and our we do have a culture actually from the parents. They want to encourage the children mm. to do the STEM-related um, academic background. We always say, if you study mathematics well, study physics well, study chemistry well, you can go anywhere. So that's how our education background actually leads us to the engineering, to the manufacturing, to the services. So like you say, in Rolls-Royce, we do not just have engineer. We also have people you know, doing the finance, accounting, and we have the people to, do, to be the lawyer. So in the STEM industry, it's, it is definitely not just the labour intensive. It can be all-inclusive. And is that something, again, Karen, that we try and get across to the, to the young people now when they're looking at the career options? Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, working with universities is a really good way of doing that, but also with businesses. So finding those partnerships and looking at um, the really broad range of careers that are out there. And I think one of the things that's quite exciting, but also hard as a teacher, is that um, a lot of the careers that our young people will go on to don't exist right now. So the industry, particularly STEM industries, is developing so quickly that preparing young people is quite difficult. Um, but that's why we need to be working really proactively to make sure not only have we got really good representation across both boys and girls, but that we're thinking about where are those cutting edge industries, where are the kind of things that are changing and what are the skills that our young people are going to need so that they can go into those careers and kind of flourish and thrive. Well, Mackenzie, Sonny, you both talked about your role models, but we absolutely see you as role models to the young people of the future. What advice would you give to those thinking about careers in STEM? I think uh, one of the biggest things I would say is just look at all your options, explore the possibilities. Um, I think you made a good point that a lot of the jobs that you know a 14-year-old might have in 10 years might not even exist. So maybe think about what you're interested in, look around at what programs are available. Maybe even while you're young, try a few things out. You know, if you're interested in computers, can you do some sort of coding camp, um, things like that? There's lots of things particularly geared towards girls. So there's lots of opportunities out there. See what you like and then pursue that. And then, as I said, don't be afraid to change your course. I think uh, a lot of young people, they feel the pressure of they do a certain A-level, they do a certain university program, they have to then do that. Whereas actually maybe during those, you know, six years that you're doing that, you actually found that you actually want to do something slightly different. That's fine. You shouldn't feel like you're sort of having to pick right now what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So, you know, think about what you like, look at what's out there and, and take chances. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Okay, Sonny, any words of wisdom? Well, just believe yourself and be resilient. So I'm sure in, you know, in the whole journey, there will be people to tell us we're not good enough. We definitely take the advice and reflect. And, but at the same time, if something we really want to pursue to do, change the direction, like Mackenzie say, trust ourselves and work on it. We will get there. And in the industry, actually, you can change your direction really easily. Just give the example of myself. I started from the planning and doing the operations and services. Now I'm doing the risk control. Neither of them are exactly the same direction. 
but the principle, like the leadership and the transferable skills, are same. So just echo my kind you can't change in the STEM. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I think a lot of skills within STEM can be transferable across companies and and even within companies. Like we have quite a few people within our company, I would say, including myself, who have made quite big jumps from different roles. So uh, one of the employees that I manage, who he is now the director of the, the product that I oversee, he actually originally started in sales. Um, and then he was very interested in kind of learning more about how the product worked, uh, learning more about how he could develop the product. He put in a lot of his own effort to take some side courses. The company supported that as well. But then he moved over to being a product manager and then eventually rose up to be product director. So that's a really great example of where, you know, he started out in a very different area of sales, but then was able, able to move over because he found that interest and the company supported it. And I think a lot of companies support that kind of thing. So, you know, it's a lot of it is really just about getting your foot in the door somewhere and then looking at what opportunities are available. Well, thank you so much. That was such an interesting insight into women in STEM. If you want any more information on that episode or any of our other episodes for Opening Minds, Opening Doors, you can go to the website, openingmindsopeningdoors.co.uk or just search Opening Minds, Opening Doors on socials. Opening Minds, Opening Doors is a Bauer Create production for EACT. 